What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks broadcast presented by the Frog Space. I'm your host, Dario, and with me, as always, is Randy from Freaks. What's up, Dario? Uh, yeah, uh, we had a quite turbulent week uh, <laughs> here at the Moonbase uh, Studios headquarters. And uh, yeah, last night we had an amazing concert here in Munich. Two nights ago. Two, two nights ago, right. But but it's still r resonating, right? It is. It I'm was... still wearing my <laughs> Port Noir <laughs> sweater that I bought. Yeah, and and I, uh, now with the cold weather, I'm I'm happy about my new Leprous beanie. So I guess we gave it away. Who did yeah. we see the other night? Yeah, it was Leprous, The Ocean. I bought a patch from them as well. And uh, Port Noir. Port Noir. Um, yeah, also, I, I was saying last night because, uh, well, yesterday we weren't really working. <laughs> or, yeah, we took half a day off or something. And yeah. Because it was also kind of a uh, religious holiday for schools anyway. Yeah, in yeah my daughter was out of school, so yeah. I had to work from home. Anyway, um, from that show, I actually, I brought back an interview with Raphael, the cello player who plays with with Leprous. Um, when are they just going to make him an official member? Actually, I mean, if he he plays like a, all the live stuff, like every song he's in. Um, actually, I thought about. Uh, I wanted to ask ask that, but but then I forgot. Funnily enough, to ask um, to ask him, but <laughs> so, but I think he's he's um, he likes his his independence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he has so many projects, and you're gonna hear that interview actually at, yep. in in this very episode yep. after our what's hot section. So stay tuned for that, and yeah, um, there you can uh, listen to him talking about uh, yeah his work with Leprous, but also his other stuff. That yeah. he's, um, I mean, since we're talking about doing. the show and about him, I mean, what he brings something really unique uh, to their live show. You know, like. Sometimes when he plays the cello, it just sounds like another synthesizer. Like he has like these effects and stuff that really bring a lot to the live show without you always feeling like, okay, there's a cello there. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. it's more integrated than when some bands just like include the, the cello player to just have like this flourish of classical music in their stuff. He actually yeah. brings this this unique approach to playing the cello to the leprous I mean, to their songs yeah. anyway, but to the live show, especially, yeah. it's just like, he's like a part of the group. And he was also playing keyboards at one point. Yeah. Not running back one. and forth. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, 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 we talked about all of this in the interview coming up. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah. Let, let's start at the beginning of the show. I mean, Port Noir is, is from, is kind of your band. I'm not that much into them, I have to admit. Um, I listened to the the previous album where uh, anyway the wind carries or something. Yep. Uh, again, because I bought it when they were touring with Pain of Salvation a couple of years back, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I liked their show, uh, so I bought the album. I didn't really listen to the album afterwards, but now I went back to it and I thought, yeah, this is really cool. And uh, yeah, the new stuff is quite different. different. Way different, and, yeah. Uh, not, not, not really my style, uh, to be honest. So uh, you can take over for the Port Noir bit. <laughs> I actually, I kind of lumped them up with Vola a little bit because I discovered them at the same time uh, and felt like, like at least with the last album, they had a similar kind of approach to progressive music that Vola has, like, like kind of a, their own unique sound uh, and m more of a minimalistic approach to Prague. Yeah. Um, and I discovered them because my old band, Tanner Till, was offered a support slot for them when they played in Munich. Um, and we couldn't do it, but it just turned me on to the band and then bought the album and stuff and really liked it. And then, of course, uh, on the podcast, when we started the podcast a year ago, they had signed to Inside Out and went, released the first single. Like one of our first episodes, yeah. we listened to it. And, and, and we were like, what the what hell is, is this? this? <laughs> and why is it on Inside Out? Um, and I think at first, I didn't know what to do with it because I wasn't sure if I actually liked the new direction. Um, but I have to admit it, it like totally grew on me. And it's one of the albums that I've listened to the most this year. Um and it was cool to to finally see them live. And after their show, they were at the merch uh, table, so I got a chance to buy a sweatshirt, uh, mm -hmm. which I think is super cool. Um, 
and just talk to them about that and like ask them these questions that I had yeah. about, you know, why they are where they are and stuff. And since it wasn't an interview, I don't feel like I can disclose all that information uh, on the on the broadcast. But uh, yeah, they're uh, eager and um, I think uh, yeah. we're going to see them trying to push into new areas and new, yeah, and new places. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, it's it's fair to say that they don't really fit into the prog mold. Yeah, and I, and, and they are aware of this. Yeah, yeah. And I think they want to broaden yeah. as well. And they, they like they have a lot a lot of potential um, out outside of uh, of these um, genre restrictions. Absolutely, which is like the prog scene is kind of restricted and yeah. <clears throat> so, and I mean, if they're if they're lucky and smart, maybe they can kind of remain have keep one foot in the prog world and still you know expand, expand in other directions to 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 a bigger mainstream audience. Yeah, I mean it's <clears> a little <throat> bit like saying, you know, Muse is not in the prog scene, but that prog fans don't like Muse, you know. Yeah. I think this is a a good comparison, you know, because they Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the show was cool and I think the reception from the audience was was pretty good and as I was saying before we started recording, I think the the having them somewhere in the middle between the heaviness of the ocean and the more more emotional mellow side of Leprous was kind of a good mix because they have like rocky parts and yeah, and I think it was just kind of like a nice in between. Yeah. Yeah, what 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 kind of puts me off a little bit is that uh, yeah nineties uh, pop vibe. I, I got a lot of Beastie Boys in there, yeah, lots and Rage. And, yeah. There was one, <laughs> there was literally one part where my guitar player was singing some Rage Against <laughs> Rage Against Machines lyrics. Um, and and but I think that this is why I like them because I yeah. like Beastie Boys and yeah, I like that, Rage Against the yeah, Machine that, a lot. I mean, I guess you. Kind of grew up with that music. I grew up with that music. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I think they did too. I guess we're probably around the same age. Yeah. And so, like, I still listen to Rage and I still listen to Beastie Boys, you know. And yeah. and I think I don't find what they do a copy of that because no, not at all. But they had they have these influences. They have in the there. influences, and, then, and I think they shine through maybe pretty strongly on this record. Yeah. Maybe the next one will be less obvious you know like when yeah, you like probably, explore yeah. a certain thing like maybe but but nevertheless i like yeah. those elements so that's, I think yeah, that's why well, i like uh, them and uh, what 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 is uh, uh, kind of unique about them that uh, and a lot of prog metal bands that flirt with pop music most of them take the 80s <laughs> voyager <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're right yeah yeah <laughs> And I think I also connect to this to, through my own band because we also skirt more the '90s grunge stuff yeah, in absolutely. our music, and yeah. I mean, and that was really my like growing into music as a young person with like 12, 13. It was definitely grunge. It was like Nirvana and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, and yeah. you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Port Noir. Yeah. Um, after Port Noir, I was super eager to see the ocean again after. A couple of years, last time I saw them was at Prague Power Europe headlining with a instrumental set um, with their previous album, Pelagial. Oh, yeah. Um, which was absolutely mind-blowing, but I haven't seen them with Loïc, the new singer who's probably singing since eight years or something already with <laughs> them. I don't know. And uh, I was... I was so happy to see them again, and they they delivered big time. Yeah. What I love about them is they they can do this like super slow mo riffs, mm -hmm. like just put one chord yeah. and it's so powerful, and 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 then the next moment it's gonna be super frantic and hectic yep. and 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 energetic, like having these like post post uh, metal post metal that like these hardcore vibes that come a little bit into the post metal. Yep. Um energy wise. Yep. And uh I mean I I've seen a lot of uh pictures over the last years where Luik the singer was like crazy like jumping from uh, any uh <laughs> any, a scaffolding around available uh into the audience and well, well, this time for, uh, first he slipped, and then but took, then he but, took a fall. Yeah. But but the next ne the next uh, the next time he 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 got caught by by the masses, and 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 they 
they held him up. I have I posted a picture on Instagram yeah. uh, of this moment, and it, I was impressed by it because it was like, okay, he's crowd surfing. Yeah, cool, yeah. no big deal. But then everybody held him up, like as if he was like sitting on, on, on his on knees. On his knees, yes. And he performed like the last one and a half, two minutes of the song before he told them, like, "Okay, send yeah. me back to the stage now." Yeah, and, uh, and, and like the the and the, the the moment he jumped like head first into the audience was, um, like with a powerful breakdown and his and a, and a screaming, and, screaming yeah. and, and he he didn't stop and then uh, like the screaming didn't stop for it was a long scream. Yeah. Like I was impressed Whoa. too because. You know, people are pushing on your body and on yeah. your diaphragm and stuff, and yet he he didn't change pitch. He didn't change like the amount of stuff that was coming out of his mouth. So yeah. it was pretty. It was impressive, cool. but, but not not only because of the stage antics, but also because of the music yeah. itself. Yeah, it's, and I like how they have this, how it's set up. You know, they call themselves a collective. Yeah, and you get that feeling that although he's the front man in a way. He doesn't sing in the front of the of the yeah. stage. They, yeah. everybody has like an even place, and his is even in the back. You know, yeah. and of course he comes forward and stuff. Yeah. But um, uh, one th one thing I was surprised uh, to see that uh, the drummer was was singing some parts as well. Yeah, right, yeah. there was some. I wasn't sure if it was backing. No, vocal, it was it was yeah, the drummer. Right? Yeah, yeah, because I couldn't see any mics on the other guys or something. And yeah, it was the drummer. Um, one thing uh, you mentioned hardcore, and I was going to say this before about this frantic thing. There are a few moments in the live show, and I haven't seen them live before, so this was my first time. And I think it made me like the band even more seeing that live show. There were a few moments where I I, I felt some be be between the buried and me elements in their music, which mm -hmm. I wouldn't I didn't expect because I think of them more as like the sort slow doomy post metal stuff, but. Yeah. They do have these frantic parts, and they do have this hardcore element. And between the bear and me, it also comes from the hardcore scene yeah. more than they come from the metal scene. So, yeah. like, there were some moments where I was like, "Oh, that would be a great tour," and I'm, <laughs> I would be surprised if they haven't toured together somehow. But, um, but for, first time I saw the ocean was way back, I guess Watershed or Era with Opeth. Oh wow, two thousand nine, ten, two thousand nine, I would say. Or at least the album. Yeah, and, 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 and um, actually, uh, back then they had two singers. Yeah, and Luik is is he French then? Uh, Swiss, I think. Fre French Swiss. Yeah, yeah probably. Because he spoke English to the audience, and yeah, that like yeah. took me by surprise because I yeah. thought they were from Berlin. Yeah. Um. So the the main guy who's also uh, running uh, Pelagic Records. Yeah. Um. Robin, the Robin Stops, the the founder of the Ocean, and I guess only remaining um, original member. original member. Um, and he also runs Pelagic yeah, Records. Yeah, right, okay. he, mm -hmm. he's based in Berlin, and the drummer is also German. He was the one uh, saying thank you. This is our last song in German. Um, ah, okay, also. yeah. And um, yeah, actually, but actually, it's it's the whole band is different than when I saw them back then. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. But but they were they were fantastic, they were amazing, and I I really hope to see them live again soon. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. a really powerful show. I um, I think I was I mean no offense to them, but I I was looking more forward to seeing Lepers, of course, and Port Noir, because the. Um, just because, and I was excited to see um, the ocean, but uh, I think I was way more impressed than I expected to be. Yeah. Like I, there was a there's a part of them that I didn't realize just from hearing the last album mm -hmm. that I missed somehow. So. And and one one, one last uh, uh, props to uh, Luik pulling off that uh, Jonas ranks apart in uh, yeah. Devonian, I think is the name of the song. Yeah, right. That sounded pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome show. And well, um, yeah. And that was it, right? Then it ended, and we all went home, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. No. <laughs> I, I, there was I, one more band, right? Right, I almost forgot. <laughs> some, 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 some obscure good, Norwegian, good-looking good Norwegians. <laughs> they make uh, it easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we both were looking forward uh, to this show a lot because the new album is just such a banger. Yeah. And, uh, like, so impressive emotionally. Yeah. Um, regardless of how heavy it is or something, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't... It's heavy in another way, as, yeah. as Michael Ackerfeld from Opeth would say. It's like a yeah. different kind of heavy, you know? It's yeah. like, doesn't yeah. make it less heavy if it's quiet. 
So yeah. and and with Lepris you also always have the set list roulette because you you can watch the 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 previous set list of the tour all you want. All all you will know is okay they're going to play the first two songs and the last song probably and everything, everything else gets mixed up, huh? Yeah. Yeah, oh, well. And that means they really have to prepare a lot of material then. Yeah, to like the... usually like 30 songs in rotation. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, yeah, super impressive. Um, and there was this song from Bilateral. It's called... Choir Taste. Yeah. That, I, that was the third song. The third song. After yeah. the, 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 the first variable song they played after the opening with uh, Below and I Lose Hope. Yeah. Um, this was really cool live. With, yeah, um, actually, Acquired Taste and The Cloak were, were, were with cool new arrangements and and like like this like a improvised intro to The Cloak and The Cloak is uh, so, uh, so emotional to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> and Acquired Taste as well. Like all of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all, so. <laughs> like, do you have to really say it? <laughs> and I mean, props to Einar because he, he even told the audience that he was ill, you yeah, know, like that yeah. he had a cold, you yeah. know, so like his voice, you could tell when he spoke too that like he couldn't yeah, it, speak um, like at a normal level, you know what I mean? Like it was a little yeah, quiet and yeah. you could hear like that he was struggling. Um, but he... <laughs> He still belted it out like like normal, you know. I mean, you could tell there was so, some restriction. So but, impressive, but yeah, he pushed um, through. I mean, I hope that all I could think of was I hope that he can get enough rest to kind of get over that and then continue on and not like make it worse by giving a hundred and ten percent every night and then you know not getting the rest. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but more I, like a, yeah. I'm sure, he'll be fine. He's a professional, but. Yeah, it was cool all, all, all the way, and and um, but with all the professionalism, they they still have that that sense of humans. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, and um, I think that's what makes them so. I mean, they're. I mean, they have <laughs> relatable, relatable, and you and they have like the craziest fan base. I mean, like, yeah. like, like <laughs> super, like, like super into them, and I think it's because they kind of make themselves available that way yeah. that they're. That they can be, you know, serious and emotional, but also personable, you know, yeah. um, and that's through like their social media, how they interact with fans, and then now he talks to the audience, you know, in between. Yeah. I mean, that's like yeah, also new. <laughs> also Just, new, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he jokes about that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's like showing your—I don't want to say showing your weakness, but yeah. you know, uh, being honest with yeah. your fans yeah. and like them accepting those things. Uh, I think that's what makes. There was this one moment where there was like a couple <laughs> having a, a relatively intimate moment together in front of me okay. during one of the songs. <laughs> and you could tell like, I was there with my guitar player, Andy, and uh, you, you could tell obviously they were huge fans, but this song met, meant something <laughs> extra personal. Yeah. And um, they were getting uh, quite hot and bothered during the performance and kind of performing with it together and then and then all of a sudden they just like left and i was like okay okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i think that was like my moment of the night was the, <laughs> this couple like it's almost like a religious experience you know i think for people um yeah it was uh uh certainly not my first uh leper show uh no it was uh <laughs> it won't be the last Mine neither, and, believe it. Um, but last time I saw them was uh, the second leg of the Molina tour. Yep. Um, and it was the very first gig in Nuremberg of that leg. And the next night they played Angel, the Massive Attack album right. uh, uh, cover right. for the first time. So I saw them on that tour on the only night where they didn't play it. Ah, okay. But two two nights ago, I finally got it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it was great live. Yeah, I mean, it was like so really intense, powerful, intense atmosphere and the yeah. slow build up. Yeah, and the, and the the way they end it. I mean, if you listen yeah. to the original, it like has this kind of monumental ending. But the way they do it in their kind of yeah. heaviness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was and, cool. And uh, not 
that was probably one of one of the most uh, the longest intro sections for the broadcast that we're doing right now. Um, <laughs> but worth talking about because this was a show we were like yeah. totally looking yeah. forward to. And, um, and yeah, that ending, the sky is red, is just fucking monumental. And everybody talks about it on the internet all the time, <laughs> like that ending, you know, with the lasers and all and the. Red strobes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, killer show. Yeah, that, that, that was quite the the prog um, event. Yeah. <laughs> the prog event of the... Of the, of the end of this year, at of least. The end of the year, of the, of the 2019, of the end of the decade. Oh, yep. my goodness. <laughs> true, um, true. Anyway, anyways, what, what what else was was going on last week? Um, um, we had a new Auto Capella. Um, that's right. Sold out last Friday. Prague related Auto Capella. Also Leprous related. <laughs> also Leprous related. <laughs> With Bored, um, our mad drummer. Um, With yeah, rendezvous, point. rendezvous points. Also Su Norwegian. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super super cool uh, band. It was so fun to to, to finally see. Uh, a band doing this in the car. I, it was the first time for me uh, being there when it was ah, shot. This was your first time on set. Ah, yeah, okay. And I mean, I love the band as well. And uh, yeah, that was, was their cool. first take, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if you recall, but the it was. We did two yeah. takes, and mm -hmm. um, they the band preferred the first one. I think both takes were great. You know, yeah. I think they just chose the first one for for their independent reasons but uh yeah. so super cool check out the autopella by rendezvous point they are performing the song pressure from their new album universal chaos and you also have a chance to do one of these autocapellas yourself if you want to and a chance to win one of those cameras that we shoot the show with which is the zoom q2n 4k yes um Basically, uh, if you go to our our, our Facebook, Facebook page, you'll find um, the yeah the um, the giveaway video where we explain the rules. But it's essentially that get your bandmates together, even if they're not in the same place at the same time as we discussed. You can do yeah. this like in split, split screen. Yeah. Um, sing one of your songs a cappella, and then um, post it on on Facebook and tag Freaks TV and Zoom. Deutschland, um, and get a chance to win. I think we announce a winner after December 5th. Yeah, December 5th uh, was deadline. the deadline. That's so, my birthday. Okay, everybody remember, <laughs> on his birthday. He's going to have a sad birthday if you don't submit your videos by then. <laughs> yeah. Commercial over. Back to the show. Yeah, we had we had last week. We actually had two shows coming out. Yep. Last Thursday, one day before the autocapella, we had a regular episode with a what's hot section and, and an Mar interview with Martin Mendez from Opeth. So yep. uh, that was super cool and super interesting mm -hmm. because you don't hear him it, yep. like what 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 he's. Uh, um, interested in what kind of music he likes, and, so and also often. him being one of the—I mean, besides Michael, the longest-standing member of the band. Yes. Um, and so he's kind of been there for all of the events, you know, all the yeah. things that they've done different. And he has a different—you hear a different perspective when you talk to him, as yeah. as you found out, like his perspective on their musical change. Yeah. Uh, with heritage, he goes into more depth uh, from his perspective, and not just Michael's. And I think that's kind of important to hear because maybe people get more upset about stuff if they only hear it from Michael because then they feel like, oh, he's just like a megalomaniac or something yeah. or egomaniac and yeah. has to do things. And I don't think that that's the truth, you know. I think yeah. it is a collective. He just happens to be the one that talks about it the most. Yeah, and, and, and he's, he's, he's uh, writing the music, yeah. but he does take into account what his bandmates have to say yeah. about it because he trusts them. They, I mean, also the other members are there long enough that they are have a musical uh, uh, yeah, and there's a musical trust in the arrangement like yeah and and when they say they will tell him i don't hear your heart in this music yeah he's gonna yeah. throw it away well, and that's what your friends are from, for you know start from scratch and so uh, definitely listen to that we're not going to give away any more details <laughs> go listen to that interview and then this week 
Monday. We had uh, our probably our last bonus episode from the uh, Euroblast interviews with Mobius from France, Hyperfora from the UK and 22 from Norway. That was three super cool and super interesting interviews as well with three amazing bands, uh, three uh, bands that I hope and think we'll hear a lot about in the future. Yep. So also check out that bonus episode. And then it, it's almost our time is over for the <laughs> um, for the what's hot section. No, let's 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 get into it. I've, uh, we don't have that big of a list today, um, but we have a couple of entries um, starting in 2017. Even um, I didn't uh, get the reason behind this, but Enslaved put out a video for their. Rogue Sub cover, what else is there? That was a bonus track on the last album, yep. E, that was released yep. in October 2017 through Nuclear Blast. Um, yeah, cool band. It's been a while. And yep. uh, maybe that's was kind of just like, hey, we're still there, we're back, and maybe there's e new stuff coming. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. Maybe it's just like the, the cycle of that album is like at the end, but maybe there's a little delay on whatever they're doing, and so they said, well, we better put something out and... Keep keep relevant here. Yeah, um, we also talked about uh, UK band. I think was it UK? I'm not sure now. Bird eats baby. Yes. Uh, when Agneti was UK. here, we watched the we watched the video. Yep. And their album "The World Conspires" is out uh, since October 18th now, and mm -hmm. they have a lyrics video. I think for another song, "Lady Grey." Um, was a bit weird. I didn't. Didn't really the the, the mix was <laughs> the mix is strange yeah yeah I remember that, this that, from yeah. the first single and um, I listened but, to the album but, when it came out yeah yeah but but quite interesting different approach yeah yeah uh, not so guitar driven yeah yeah um one one last uh, album that's already out uh, we also also talked a lot about this and we're gonna watch the video quickly. Uh, they have a new live video, live in the studio video, Bent Knee. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, yeah. Released yesterday, a new live video, live in, studio live video mm -hmm. from for the song Bone Rage from their amazing album, You Know What They Mean, which is out since October 11th through Inside Out Music. So we have a quick look and we're yep. going to be right back. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, cool. Bent Knee, Bone yeah. Rage, live in the studio. Yeah, the first track of the album, or the yeah, first after the intro. song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome, so, so good, <laughs> so much energy and 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 uh, exuberant joy yeah. uh, of making music coming from this. And they are still on tour in the United States with Thank You Scientist and the T Club until December fourteenth. So go catch them if you can. Yeah, I don't An know amazing the live band. I don't know the T Club, but uh, I mean the other. I mean Bentney and. Uh, thank Th you, Sides. Yeah. It's a great pairing. Yeah. It would be a cool show. Yeah, awesome. I love that album. And Actually, Chris, uh, the, the violinist, Chris Baum from, from Bentney, also played on Pitfalls, uh, the latest Leprous album. Ah, yeah. And uh, later in the interview, you can hear Raphael Sweet. telling us a bit about how they did the string arrangements and the recordings. Oh, well, <laughs> you got to stick with the show and then air it at the end. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, great stuff. Let's uh, move on to this week, this release week. Um, we have uh, from India, Rainburn. They're going to release a, a companion EP to their last year's uh, album called Insignify. And so the EP is called Resignify and... It is some stripped-down versions of the album songs. Oh, okay. So Rainburn from India, and they have uh, an in, uh, a video out for the song Elusive Light. Um, from France, we have Hypnose, mm -hmm. and they didn't put out a, 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 another single last week, but they... They did a did an audience uh, competition thingy. They put out the ah. the the tabs and asked their fans to to send them their recordings <laughs> without the really without releasing the song. Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> and the song was did was, people send them stuff? 
Um, I didn't check. I'm, 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 I think the the uh, uh, deadline is today. Okay. So. And the album is out to, um, tomorrow. Fr- yep, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're recording this uh, a day late. Yeah. You already mentioned that, but... Yeah, it's Thursday today, and the uh, this episode is going to be out in two hours or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Hurry. Um, yeah, Hypno's new album, A Distant Dark Source, crazy stuff. I love them. Yeah. Amazing, uh, unique uh, French energy. Um, from Sweden, Avatarium, awesome heavy doom mm-hmm. rock. They put a video for Voices out from their new album, The Fire Along For, which is out also tomorrow on Nuclear Blast. Out on Napalm Records tomorrow is uh, Skyblood, the solo debut album from singer Matt Slaven. Amazing singer. Um, And the third single was called Out of the Hollow, and that was my favorite of the three singles. Oh, okay. Um, from Denmark, uh, we also talked about them last week already. Excelsior, some really interesting uh, synth pop mm-hmm. going on there with the album O Horizon. And they had a video premiere for the song Time of None on the website called nbhap.com. I didn't really get what this website is all about, okay. but the album from Excelsior O Horizon is out tomorrow as well. That was this this uh, record uh, this this release week, and um, now we have some stuff that's coming up. Coming up soon, and uh, yeah, our our good friend Abraham. Yeah, Abraham Sarachi. Saracha. Sar- I don't uh, know. We have to ask him. He's he. Uh, I, I was hanging out with him, Prog Power, last year and this year, and I never asked him how he, how he pronounces his. <laughs> Could his you please pronounce name. your name for us? <laughs> hey, we're trying to get him on the show, so maybe we can have him uh, clear that up. Yeah. Um, so his EP Kaleidoscope of Dreams come in mid December, and he put out the um, title track, uh, a video for the title track. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I, I've okay. watched it two, two, three times. Yeah. Okay, I, so, I really like it. I, so, I, so we don't have to watch it right now. No, yeah, I, but um, yeah, um, I mean, okay. I, I guess um, from the video standpoint, I mean, it's kind of performance video. Yeah. But uh, I really like the music. I like their approach to. It's kind of got some. I mean, it's definitely sort of proggy and noodly, but at the same time, also has some of this '90s kind of grungy al- alternative elements. Alternative absolutely, elements, yeah. and um, you can catch Abraham Sarachi Trio live. Uh, an acoustic uh, iteration at the pre-party of the Prog Power next year, presented by the Prog Space. Nice. <laughs> um, also in December, uh, on December 20th, actually, Tyler Dory Trio put a, will put out an uh, album called Unsalt Salvation, and they have an e- a video for East of Eden out. Sorry, did you say Road Salt Salvation? Unsought salvation. Ah. <laughs> I was making a <laughs> pain of salvation. <laughs> uh, there was somehow something very close to pain of salvation. Uh, road salt in this. Yeah, no, un- unsought. 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 Got it. They, they weren't searching for salvation, but they got it anyway. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, yeah. stupid side note. I I don't know if this is true, but I I remember <clears throat> early 2000s, do you know why they're called Pain of Salvation? Um, not sure. I remember uh, reading uh, an interview with Daniel, the yeah, twenty years ago, where he described the name to be like. Um, I'm trying to see if I can remember, like needing, like struggling to find your way to water in a desert. To survive, it's like the pain of. <laughs> I, I was I, I just it just occurred to me when you were talking about that, like what's where's the name come from? But I don't know if he ever. Really, I don't know if that was like something I just read on the internet twenty years ago, or if that was a real thing. Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> sorry. 
Okay, we have some big, big, big name. Sons of Apollo put out a new video for yeah, the first single for their upcoming album 2020. Is coming out January 17th on Inside Out Music. Did, the, you, did you watch it? Yeah, it's called Good My Divinity. Mm -hmm. And what's your hot take, Daria? Um, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it just it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. it's like all these amazing players and... Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little bit like an L.A. Symphony X. Like an L.A. style Symphony yeah. X, right? Like yeah. session musicians um, make a band yeah. like Symphony X kind of thing. That's mm. kind of what it feels like. I mean, I like everybody I, in the I, band. I, I just... Yeah, I, th I think um, I, the, I'd, I'd rather listen to the new Virgil Donati album. Ah. That, 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 that's... Somehow I I'll, I'll get I'll get more from that because yeah. it's like it sounds fresher and 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 not so saturated and the thing I like um, the most about Sons of Apollo is Derek Sherinian. I think I like the, because from that's, the sound from the yeah, sound because yeah. that's the one element that I don't feel like has been done a hundred million times in this genre. You know what I mean? Like the Derek Sherinian keyboard sound within the neoclassical prog metal yeah. genre. Um, Actually, from the live performance, I liked uh, uh, Ron Thal Bumblefoot uh, best. Mm -hmm. He he he's cool guy, good, amazing guitarist, of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Billy Sheen. I mean, what can, you yeah. can't say anything <laughs> bad about anybody in this band. And from a music standpoint, I mean, it's like it's like a dream team of players. I just I'm, I agree with you. It doesn't touch me in any way. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Moving on. Ve ve very uh, uh, unexpected entry here uh, from Pelagic Records. Mm. Um, Envy from Japan. And they put out a streaming only single, A Step in the Morning Grow, for their upcoming album, The Fallen Crimson, out in February. And they they are like i think it, they are hardcore alternative post hardcore or something they, yeah post hardcore and i listened to the song and i don't like hardcore at all but that song was really really cool yeah, i okay. really liked it yeah i'll have to check um, it out i like some post hardcore stuff yeah um something completely different we had a nice uh premiere at the prog space yesterday uh, you did matterhorn oceana from norway some something more chill and yep. introspective um, you guys did their last release right as, yeah, as yeah well? the yep. first the first single first single uh, yeah we watched that yeah together yep. yeah um and we have again abraham because abraham sarachi put out a collaboration video with uh, his good friend and also my good friend uh, Tom David TW oh, uh, yeah. called Transmission also yesterday or two days ago. I okay, think. I didn't um, see it. Yeah, uh, also a really cool song. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's Tom singing there. Um, so it's you get a different style of vocals. But is it on the new EP? No, this is like one one it's off a one off thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, now we 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 quietly moved into the singles that don't really have an album yeah. to attach to sometimes yet sometimes mm -hmm. they're just singles like standalone singles uh like from atlas atlas northcore we already talked about the uh, two other singles veli and aika they complete their singles trilogy with the so song uni and atlas are of course signed to Long Branch Records. <laughs> Not on Long Branch Records, but they could be. Um, but they are on Century Media. Phil uh, Giarta. Oh, okay. Like um, super enigmatic uh, gent superstars, and they haven't released anything in years. Um, so without any announcement, they put out a new song, and the gent community exploded, went, went crazy. Uh, it's a good song uh, called Den Helige London, so I guess it's Swedish. Um, but yeah, I ha I haven't seen any further information about that. Oh, okay. But apparently they're back. 
They're back. They're back. Um, from Denmark again, we have a Lasse Heule video. Oh, okay. Um, from the band Celestial Sun. Um, they're on Prime Collective as, as well. And we talked a lot about the Prime Collective in our Danish uh, connection episode, of mm -hmm. course. Um, the song is called Lithograph, and we're going to have a quick look. We'll be right back. So we're we're both not familiar with the band Celestial Sun um, yeah. before, and well, I, I I didn't mind their their synth uh, laden sound. I had to ask uh, what kind of music it was. Uh, yeah, they, uh, I didn't mind it at all. I I, I kind of liked it. Not not that I would go on raving about it, but it, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. It was cool. Um, the video, two things, one thing it continued our splash <laughs> singer in the water <laughs> yeah, and right. it felt like a like a brother to the clone yonder the clone video. yonder video <laughs> right because it's like the same location right yeah or, like a little bit similar like one guy in this landscape uh but there's yeah. a big difference between these two videos though i'd like to <laughs> um I, I i prefer clone as yeah, well yeah. musically and musically and the video visually. and Let me just preface this by saying I think Lasse Hoyle is one of the great directors of Prague stuff. I mean, the stuff he does with Stephen Wilson has always been cool and innovative, even when it's like lo-fi, you know, yeah, like what he's right. really good at is a little bit like um, uh, there's another famous uh, music video director who I'm missing the name of right now. Um, he directed... Um, Spotless mi sunshine on the spotless mind. Yeah, um, um, Gondry. Yeah, Michelle Gondry. Gondry. Yeah. So, like Lasse Hoyla does a lot of stuff that feels kind of like DIY and lo-fi, but makes it really cool and interesting. So, I think as a video creator, I have a lot of respect for him. Mm -hmm. I don't. The music video for this one doesn't do anything for me. I mean, just watching this guy walk around in the nature and hit himself and um and then have some things. night shots of him wearing led lights around like necklaces around him. i don't know I, i don't need to have a meaning or something in the in the video or something but i just i i don't know if i felt anything i, I think the music was already like yeah maybe not something it, i connect to and yeah, then the video yeah, didn't yeah. help that at all yeah so yeah I mean, there was also with the clone clone video without the uh, super amazing music, it wouldn't be. It would be a little bit boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the guy just wandering around. Yeah, in the yeah. Even though it's like breathtaking landscapes. Yeah, it would, would. Yeah. I mean, if I would have an argument about the clone video, it would be that like you know, nothing really happens. But he's got a certain, co you know, like he's wearing a certain costume. You don't see his face. Yeah, there's yeah. like, you know, there's elements there's a, there's to it. There's element a mystery. There's a mystery. It felt a little bit like Dark Tower. Yeah. And it's a bit dreamy, you know, yeah. so like it, um, but this looks like a dude from Copenhagen like flew there and got lost in the wilderness and now they have to come rescue him because he like didn't bring the proper food and stuff with hot, you know what I mean? It looked to me, the story was like, you know, guy comes and goes hiking by himself without the proper food and protection from the weather and gets lost and drowns in the creek. <laughs> All right, <laughs> hot take here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, that was my. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Two last entries for this week: um, the Arc of Light cinematic uh, pop prog with um, uh, David Bertok, ex Sub Signal keyboarder. Oh, and, okay. Um, we already talked about the first single, um, and they have their second uh, single out on the streaming services called The Sound of Leaves, fitting mm. for this uh, season. Beautiful song. And as a very last entry today, um, we already talked about them on this show. Thank you, scientist. Have a yeah. funny new video out. Have you seen it? Do. No. Okay, we're gonna watch it quick, quickly. Wow! Wow! <laughs> that was um, yeah, unexpected. I have I, I, I had seen the video before. Oh, okay. We, we are actually yeah. I, I think before we talked, we I said that we're gonna watch a new video of Thank You Scientist, but I didn't 
disclose what it's going to be. Yeah. So it was a cover of the Eddie Murphy song Party All the Time. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we we just uh, for reference watched the original which is like like a, it's like the, the same video. Yeah. Like they did like a one to one kind of parody of that video. Uh <laughs> just amazing. This is yeah, so hilarious. Yeah, you know, I know what to say. And and like uh, gave them a prop, proper thank you scientist rundown with with crazy um instrumental instrumental sections and, and stuff and, and uh, the, the choreography with the with the plastic chairs, chairs. <laughs> yeah i mean there, there was uh, they, they get an a for effort every time you know because they're <laughs> always going all the way yeah they would be the perfect band for auto capella right yeah. Uh, okay. uh, if they we, would ever we, tour we, Europe, we they they they're gonna be in Europe in February for Complexity Fest. Hmm. Let's see what we'll we can see. do there, and and I would love to cram them into a mini or something, like all eight of <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> I all think right. they would be up for that. They strike me as. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> totally. Hey Dario, great! That, that was a lot of fun. That, um, that was a fun, fun note to end this fun note uh, to end. "What's Hot" section on. And now we're stay tuned. Um, yeah, coming up, coming up with an interview from two days ago with Raphael Weinroth Brown from Canada and cellist for Leprous and a whole lot of other projects. Um, find out about all of that in the interview. Coming up right now. Enjoy it, guys. See you next time, Dario. Next Thanks. Time. Take care and freaks out. Freaks out. All right, what's up, freaks? Uh, I'm your host, Dario Albrecht from Freaks and uh, the Proc Space. And this is, of course, the Freaks broadcast presented by the Proc Space. And I'm here in Munich um, uh, in front of the Freiheits venue. And uh, tonight I'm going to be seeing the amazing Prog metal and prog general package <laughs> of uh, Port Noir, The Ocean and Leprous and with Leprous uh, on stage uh, like for the previous tours as well is of course Raphael uh, from Canada and he's sitting here with me and I'm really happy to have him on, on the broadcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, Raphael is of course the cellist um, and so um, and me being a cellist as well or uh, having played the cello for a long time, uh, I'm I'm super excited to 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 have you on the show and to talk about uh, other stuff than like guitars or drums or <laughs> the usual rock and roll uh, instruments. Um, so I w I wanted to start the interview with like uh, yeah why why don't you introduce your journey towards the cello? How how did you find the cello as your instrument? Because you're you're playing other instruments as well but cello is kind of the main instrument yeah and um i mean i remember in i started playing the cello in second grade and and my my parents and my my sister were playing the violin and but yeah for me it was clear i don't want to play the violin i want to play the cello so how did you find the cello or how did the cello find you <laughs> i guess it was a slightly similar situation um I was asked uh, by my parents if I wanted to take piano lessons as a kid, and uh, you know I was always interested in music, but I kind of wanted to play something a bit different that not every kid would pick up, you know, initially, such as piano or guitar. So um, I said, no, I want to do cello because it's it's different and there's something kind of cool about it. And we had records of cello music in the house, and so it was something I was familiar with, and I thought it would be cool, but I didn't really know how much it would uh, kind of guide me in the years to come and how important it would be to me and how much it would actually define me later in life. So it's one of those things where you have an idea that maybe it would be of interest and then gradually it consumes you more and you start getting more immersed in it as you go down the rabbit hole. Um, you realize uh, what, you know, what's possible and what's available to you. That, 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 that uh, reminds me of my, my story getting into Prog music, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, 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 especially with music that you know, music that's uh, kind of a bit more niche in that way. I think it's always that way, where there's something that's a bit of a gateway, and then it leads to much more uh, kind of uh, uh, in-depth uh, pursuits of music. So, yeah. So, and, and of course, 
cello is primarily a classical instrument or known as a classical instrument. Uh, when when did you start to to uh, develop ideas to mix it with with uh, modern band stuff? Well, <laughs> I kind of thought of those things right away, actually. So, you know, I was fortunate to grow up uh, in a household where we listened to a lot of different types of music. And uh, so the idea of an instrument such as cello being purely classical or orchestral or what have you never really occurred to me. Um, and I was fortunate, you know, growing up that there were some records that I, I got to hear very early on in my cello playing life that um, helped me realize that this was also the case, that, you know, it, it could be a, a multifaceted instrument. So, for example, there was an album by uh, it's a Canadian Quebecois cellist, Claude Lamotte. Um, it's his first record from the early 90s. And it's just, uh, it's just him uh, playing, sometimes just unaccompanied, just a single cello and other times layered. And it's an amazing album. I really recommend it if you haven't heard it. It's, um, uh, it's got all kinds of different styles. You know, he comes from uh, sort of like a Quebec uh, folkloric music background, but of course also studied classical music. Oh. And also, you know, a lot of rock music influenced what he did on that record and other things. Uh, and uh, so I think that that album really opened up uh, some new horizons for me very early on when I was like nine or ten. And then just going from there you know, becoming aware of Apocalyptica and, and uh, you know, various types of music that incorporated cello in, in other ways. It was never uh, sort of a later discovery for me. It was always yeah. something that, w that came hand in hand with um, learning the instrument, learning classical music. And so I was always trying to figure out other things, you know, by ear and trying to improvise and, and do that sort of stuff um, along the way. I'm definitely gonna check uh, this guy out. If I find this album, can find this album on Spotify, I will also add it to the playlist for okay. this uh, broadcast episode. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I can't guarantee it, but uh, you should look for it anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the name and uh, cool. Yeah. Um, going back to to or yeah, arriving in the now, mm -hmm. your uh, is not your first tour with Leprous. It Pitfalls was not your first album with mm -hmm. Leprous. Um, how is this album and tour different to Malina for you? Uh, how was maybe start with the with the production? Of course, um, from from a listener's point of view, there there is somehow even even more cello maybe on Pitfalls than it was on Malina. Yeah, well, in terms of the actual amount of tracks, there definitely is. Um, <laughs> from what the listener hears, it might seem a little bit equal in a way, but. Um, I actually spent seven full days in Canada recording cello and then another five days in Sweden uh, recording more. Um, yeah. And so there was a lot of stuff that went down. And, of course, not everything always gets used, but there's a lot of um, layers that allow it to sound very orchestral and yeah. big and a lot of uh, more experimental and improvised elements that we added at the end, which actually became very important parts of the record. And I would say those are probably some of the defining things that I do live on the new songs. Uh, there's a lot of harmonics and pizzicato stuff that definitely wasn't um, featured at all in the previous record as a sort of a sonic uh, element. Yeah. And uh, and some solos that are quite important to some of the songs. So Absolutely. Uh, I think that, yeah, you know, those those elements that we added later on are, are cool and, and add a little bit more of a... Um, I guess an X factor to what otherwise might be a bit more scripted. Yeah, um, yeah. Th th as you, as you said, um, there's there's a lot of more cello that you might not like hear for the first time if you listen to Pitfalls. Um, looking back at Molina, there there was um, of course the two tracks Molina and the last Milestone that were like almost only cello and and Ina's vocals and and uh we don't have a, a track like that on pitfalls but then in in the songs like the arrangements are it's more um, integrated in, yeah yeah it's and it's on all the songs you know there's nine songs yeah. on the record and there's cello on all of them and uh it's very important uh to the actual fabric of the writing 
uh, in terms of the you know the melodies. There's a lot of featured melodies and, and textures that are important to the music, and there was also some tracks that we recorded that didn't make the album, and they all have cello on them too. So that's part of why it took much longer <laughs> because yeah, Molina. There were seven songs that I did that had cello, and then there was also the bonus track where I recorded it, but I'm not sure it actually made it onto that. But uh, so there was a little bit less material. Um, so how, how was how was the uh, how how was the arrangement process uh, for the strings? I mean, there's also uh, on on pitfalls is also Chris right from from from, uh, Bentney, yeah. from Bentney playing violin. Yeah. Um, so how how did you approach you, you like who who did the the whole string arrangements and did, did Yeah. Well, the songs are generally, with the exception of Distant Bells, which is written by Seaman. Uh, You know, Aina wrote basically like all the songs, and he just sends me the MIDI, and then I get the MIDI, and it's you know it's all in Logic, so it's just like a bunch of notes, and then I need to basically import it into a, a scoring program, and then I make the scores. Um, so, uh, you know, I have to transcribe out each individual part, and then make sure that they all fit together and properly, and that you know all the voices are going in the right direction, and that it's like you know a readable score. So I did that for all the songs, and then I figured out... So Chris had basically, uh, you know, volunteered to help with violin, um, and there were some very high parts, so it made sense, you know, to have some violin there. And so he... Uh, I basically just sent him uh, all of the the material, and then he just selected, like, the, you know, top two lines or, or whatever oh, for each okay. song, and then played those. He didn't have a lot of time in his schedule. He had, like, one day to bang everything out. It was like an wow. 11 hour day. And then, so I, I basically just said, okay, here's all the, the stuff. And then, uh, you can just record it and then let me know if you have any questions. And so it, in that sense, it was very scripted and, you know, because of the, the time constraints, he had to basically do exactly what was there. Um, and I was kind of fortunate that I had a little bit of extra time to, to add some more creative stuff later on. Uh, all right, and the tour now is also, um, I mean, you've been on both European uh, Molina legs and... Yeah, and two U.S. tours. Two, oh, two uh, U.S. North American, tours. Yeah, the last yeah, one was North yeah. American tour. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is my fifth uh, kind of full-on tour with Leprous, and I've done and some, uh, some of the festivals too. But uh, Yeah, and, and this this time also the, the, the production is bigger. It, it's, uh, again... Like from from the song material, you um, you guys prepared again a lot of songs and yeah. and and uh, do a different set list every night. But uh, yeah, in terms of the production, is bigger. The, you you move around on stage mm -hmm. and play also the synthes. So um, how's how's that going? <laughs> oh, it's good. I mean, the first tour I did uh, with Leprous, it was kind of more of a crash course in a way because I had to learn so much of the catalog. I had to learn like over 30 songs uh, or I ended up learning that many because uh, I started off with a smaller amount and then ended up learning all the rest of the stuff that we were playing potentially um, could play yeah, at one point in the tour <laughs> yeah and, and we were really rotating the songs a lot so there were some real wild cards that didn't get played very often and you know we would like pull out some sort of like deep cut from the back catalog and then play that and everyone would have to kind of review it on um, this tour we're we're you know switching up the set list every night but not that much and the focus is on the new songs um so generally you'll hear six or seven songs from the new album every night and mostly in the same positions uh which is kind of nice because it sort of helps to uh ingrain that you know new process of playing the songs that you haven't played like a hundred times yet. yeah uh And and it's nice to be switching up between cello and, and keys a bit more. Um, and, you know, I mean, playing cello is great, but it's just nice to do something different on stage. It kind of brings out a different character in you. Um, particularly The Sky is Red, the last song on the album. That's that's a fun one to play. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to, to play that keyboard riff. And, uh, you know, it's just like a, it's just a neat section. And then to switch to cello at the end. So that's, a, that's kind of a fun thing to I, do. I was just going to ask, you, you are gonna play the cello at the end because it's <laughs> yeah. quite important <laughs> yes it's kind of like I, i do half and half uh, yeah. i play the first half okay. of the song on the keys it's a, a bit more sort of integral and important that someone actually play that part and then and then i switch over in this sort of a quiet interlude mm -hmm. um before the guitar solo and then i'm on cello for the rest of the tune so uh so yeah it's uh that's a fun one i mean i, 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 think, I heard you know, i heard people describing the um experience of 
experiencing the sky's red life is uh, like traumatizing <laughs> even, uh, with with all the light show going yeah. on. So um, I want to ask you if, how how is it for you as a like as a musician with with your, especially with your cello uh, in all that metal noise somehow or or loud music yeah. and also like this the insane light show with with strobes and whatnot uh, um, fast changing light does it uh, did it take you uh, like a long time to to adjust to that like when you first started playing bigger rock shows i would say or i mean i've um, played a lot of rock shows over the years and so i'm used yeah. to that dynamic it's just kind of bigger and and more of that really uh and of course yeah we have like a lot of strobes and we have lasers on this tour so it's it's kind of intense but you don't feel it as much uh i guess in your eyes you're kind of it's more of a visceral like sensation of mm -hmm. okay you know there's a lot going on and there's a lot of information and what that does i think is it just informs the way you play it just kind of brings up maybe a bit more intensity in the way you play or the way you move on stage uh and Of course, but, but it, it's not it's not like like it's uh, like distracting. Or not really. I mean, I think it's probably a lot more uh, noticeable to the audience because they're actually looking at it, whereas yeah. it's coming from behind us. Yeah. So I just kind of feel it, but I'm very focused on on what I'm playing, and it's a bit you know, especially we're you know we're all playing with in ears, so it's very internal. You're kind of focused on uh, just your part and how it fits in with the other parts, and um, sort of. Yeah, just your trajectory, uh, and so yeah, you don't get too caught up in the lights or anything like that usually. Unless, for me, the the main thing is when it's completely dark on stage and I can't see anything. Then I'm more aware of it because I'm trying to be careful that I don't you know collide with something. But otherwise, <laughs> or someone. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, which can happen. So that's the main thing with the cello. Actually, is you have to protect it from uh, any potential uh, you know uh, accidents, and and so yeah, you just have to you know keep keep out of uh, <laughs> keep out of trouble keep, I guess. keep out of trouble uh, <laughs> that's a direct leprous uh, lyrics reference <laughs> yeah, there yeah. <laughs> yeah. but apart from leprous you're doing a lot of other stuff as well yeah. of course um, mm -hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit what, what's going on in, in, in your other projects yeah Well, yeah, I always have a lot on the go, um, and I'm involved in a variety of different things. And I think sometimes people find that a bit difficult to follow, but I, I see it more as a rotation that, you know, every year I'm releasing one record or maybe more records uh, that um, are kind of the focus of my year. And then, uh, you know, that's what I'm offering, and then it becomes a different project, and, it's, you know, and they just kind of rotate so that, you know, I'm not necessarily having to put out material all the time with the same outfit. Yeah. Um, so, for example, this year, um, I released a second record with my group, Camancello. Uh, it's an all-improvised duo with myself and um, a Persian musician who plays an instrument called Kamanche, which is a four-string uh, instrument from Iran. And so we released our second record, and we did our first concert with orchestra as well. So that's kind of a big part of what I did this year. I also completed uh, my first solo record under my own name, and uh, it's called uh, Worlds Within, and it's going to be out in January. Awesome. January 24th, <laughs> and there's going to be a single coming out probably next week. Um, so quite soon, and uh, all yeah. Right. So that's a, like a 40-minute uh, instrumental album, all cello. Uh, cello with effects and and uh, you know using r running the cello through amps and stuff and uh, yeah so so that's kind of what I've been fo focusing on lately while on tour trying to get like the last uh, finishing touches you know getting all the the physical uh, merch ready and stuff like that so yeah re re remotely from the bus <laughs> yeah yeah from the venue yeah the backstage <laughs> like, yeah. just uh, coordinating the the CDs and the vinyl and stuff like that so. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be coming really soon. Great. Um, but recently, you also launched a new project called uh, Glass Armor, right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, Glass Armor is uh, basically a studio project um, with uh, uh, my friend uh, Dean Watson, who's um, a recording engineer and uh, producer uh, based out of Ottawa, which is where I'm from. And uh, we've been working together for over a decade on different projects. Um, and uh, so this is basically just a pure collaboration And uh, so far, um, on the songs, I've been playing all the instruments. It's an opportunity for me to kind of 
not just be a cellist, but just play different instruments and think more from maybe a production standpoint. And um, it's very free. And we're for the moment we're releasing music on a song by song basis, as opposed to uh, you know album formats. And part of that is just mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know that that kind of allows us to keep momentum, even though we're not planning on doing anything live for the moment. And I'm also releasing a lot of records, so it, it, you know, and making records is way more consuming than making individual tracks. So yeah, it just kind of helps to counterbalance that. So yeah, you you released the first single for that with a beautiful video from Costin Turiano. How did that collaboration come? Uh, together, uh. yeah, well, very easily, and uh, yeah, so that was it was great to work with Costin. Uh, he's of course insanely talented, and you know, uh, I met him on one of our last uh, tours. Um, it was last year in Europe, and but I'd already seen his work. I was already familiar with it, and some friends of mine had uh, commissioned him to do a video for um, uh, their project. It's called The Night Watch. It's a great progressive metal uh, band that I highly recommend. Also, yeah, their new album is out. Yeah. Like I think last week. Yeah, I think their new album dropped. Yeah, okay. an, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, right? yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've you know I've known all those guys for a very long time. And yeah, you you play with them in Muskox. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So two of the guys are my <laughs> bandmates in Muskox, <laughs> and then we're just finishing recording a new record. That's all tracked now. So. Uh, That's going to be out next year too. Um, by the way, awesome. And, um, so coming back to the video, yeah. Um, so I'd seen the video that uh, Costin had made for the Night Watch quite a while before, and then when I met him in Romania, I said, you know, I, I love the video that you did, and it'd be great to maybe collaborate sometime. And uh, and then so I reached out to him uh, earlier this year in the spring, and uh, I said, hey, I've got this project. Do you want to uh, maybe make a video for it? Uh, you know, I just had you in mind, and he wrote back in like five minutes, and because like, yeah, this is awesome. I'd love to do it. So uh, it worked out great, and I think he really put a lot of himself into that video, uh, and I think we're definitely going to collaborate again on some other stuff for for Glass Armor, but probably some other projects of mine as well in the future. Awesome. Yeah. And and actually, uh, he also released uh, an album this year. Yeah. Uh, Have you heard it? <laughs> I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I gotta check that out too. Yeah, it's uh, some crazy avant-garde stuff there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward. I, I, yeah, I, I I will have to listen again. It's uh, it's 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 hard to get into for uh, yeah, but but it's definitely worth checking out. Nice. Um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, on tour, it's really difficult to keep up with new music, uh, and and even to spend a lot of time listening to music in the way that you might uh, otherwise at home or whatever. But uh, I'm trying to to still do it, you know, when I can. Uh, it's it's nice to just have some some music that's not what you're playing on stage every night to kind of balance out your experience, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. All right, I think that's that's it. That's the end of the interview. Thank you for your uh, insights into like your career and your work with Leprous and your other work with all the other projects. Thank you. Um, Good luck with that. I'm really looking forward to to hearing more of your own stuff and to see you play live again with Leprous tonight here in Munich. And yeah, see you soon again, hopefully. Definitely. Great chatting. Thanks so much. Thanks for being on the broadcast. Cheers. <laughs> Freaks out. The Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prague Space, is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stangel, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, Freaks. See you next time. Freaks out. <laughs>